Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros, and we have a great show planned for you guys tonight. So we have finished our uh, so we've we've finished the AFC portion of our previews for each division. So we're going to be moving on to the NFC with which will be the NFC East and joining us to help with previewing this division is Chris Kostich. So Chris is a co-worker of mine in the at, for the Collegiate Baseball League that we interned for, the Futures League. We are with the Brockton Rocks, and he is our producer. So Chris, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Chris. So as mentioned before, uh, I am Adam's co-worker over at working for the Brockton Rocks, and it's got a lot of media attention recently because – there's uh, some Hall of Fame players' kids on the team, like Ortiz's kid, Manny's kid, Pedro's kid, uh, such and such. It's a great time. Uh, I'm also in school, go to Plymouth State University, about to be a senior. Um, I just love sports. That's all you can ask. Certainly. For. Yeah, the craziest part is they're all – most of them are Red Sox players. Yeah, Those kids are on. So it's and, like – And on the – 04 team and like the, the funniest thing to me is like Sheffield's kid is on the team too and he was on that Yankees team that blew the 3-0 lead yeah <laughs> and I thought and like I thought the reason they were all together was because you know maybe they maybe their dad just all talked and they're like well we're looking for somewhere to say, send our kid and this this rocks team I guess our uh, our our boss said he said no I guess our uh, our recruiter is just really good at his job and yeah. he was able to get Pedro Martinez Jr. on the team, I guess, last last offseason. And now he's now we have five five guys. It's just incredible. Well, Pedro um, is a returning guy, too. That's the other thing. Yeah. So I guess he likes it here. And yeah. he, he he seems like a cool guy. He's he's really fun. And I guess he's very ADHD. He loves oh, to yeah. run around, gets distracted. And hey, you love to see it, though. All right, but we do have a show to get to, and let's just dive right into it. We're going to preview this NFC East division, and a lot has happened following uh, with pretty much each team. So I'll just give a little bit of a, a brief summary of what happened this offseason. So the Cowboys lost a lot of pieces, but they also gained some back. They traded Amari Cooper, but it looks like they are going to allow some of their other guys to step up, CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup, uh, Dalton Schultz, those guys in the passing game, they're going to be integrated a lot more. They lost Lyle Collins, their left tackle, but then they also drafted one in the first round. Um, going on to the Eagles, they acquired wide receiver A.J. Brown, which was a which was a huge move on draft night that they used one of their first-round picks to acquire them. Um, there was a kid that they wanted, I guess, and they traded up for him, didn't get him, and then they said, okay, we're going to use this other first-round pick. We need a, another star-wide receiver. They went and got him. Uh, they also got uh, pass rusher Hassan Reddick, who CJ sees as a top-five defensive end. They also got uh, top corner James Bradbury to pair up with Darius Slay. And they drafted this big guy, 
Jordan Davis, big boy. And uh, he's going to be their defensive tackle. He'll help out with the, with the running game. And so going on to the commanders, they acquired quarterback Carson Wentz. They got a little desperate at the quarterback position. They went out, they went out and asked everybody. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more to, to that, that meet, that meets the eye, but they settled on Carson Wentz. And then they also extended Terry McLaurin. So going on to the Giants, they didn't do much in free agency, but what they did do is they drafted Kayvon Thibodeau, a top defensive end in this draft, and they drafted Evan Neal, a tackle. And both were big-time needs for this team, and they settled on those. Uh, so, guys, so after this offseason, how do these teams all stack up against each other? We'll start with, uh, we'll start with you, Chris. Honestly, I think it's I think if we're going to look at the standings, I feel like it's just going to be the same thing. I think we're still going to see the Cowboys up top, but I think that we're also but with the Eagles getting these new guys like AJ Brown and Bradbury, I think you're still I think the Eagles are going to make a bigger run at being the top dog in the East. And Washington, Washington could definitely make a run at the two spot too, but I think it's just I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year again especially if they're going to have Carson Wentz as the number one guy. I'm, I'm more of a Taylor Heineke guy, truthfully. I feel, like Heine, I feel like Heineke could have yeah. definitely been that starting guy for them. He's definitely a dog. And the Giants, the Giants, the Giants. That's, I mean, they improved. I will, they, they improved on draft night, but it depends on how much those rookies can develop and step up uh, on this team and with the Cowboys. Obviously, feel like they're going to win the East, and it really just depends on if they can actually get through the first round and not get in their own way. All right, CJ? Some people like to call this division the NFC East. I agree. Now, we, we've broken down the AFC teams, and you know when we talk about how – now, this division is up for grabs, but in, in a different way. Now, we're saying, oh, look out in the AFC. When you say, oh, look out for the Bills, they can make a run. Uh, you know, Ravens could be Dark Horse. You know, Chargers, we talk about all these teams. But there is no team, I repeat, no team in this division which I could see making a Super Bowl run, let alone a playoff run. And as Chris mentioned, the Cowboys get in their way. Eagles, is Jalen Hurts the answer? We don't know. Commanders, you have an injury-prone quarterback playing on a turf that, like, devours players' ACLs. And then there are the Giants. Who are the Giants? And uh, that is all. But I just, I, I just, I, I mean, yeah, th there's a hierarchy. Personally, in terms of team structure, especially when you bring in guys like a James Bradbury and Jordan Davis and AJ Brown. I lean more towards Philly, but Jalen Hurts has got to produce. And here's what's interesting: the hype around this kid is insane. In fact, uh, there's an Eagles insider with really close ties to the organization named Elliot Shore Parks. Maybe you've heard of him. Well, probably not because he's like an Eagles guy. Like I said, really good connections there. Said, "quote The Eagles are likely going to give Jalen Hurts a massive quarterback contract next offseason." To which I would say, pump the brakes, good sir. And the Cowboys, I mean, 
CD Lamb is going to be is got to be that number one guy. Zeke's got to stay healthy. Of Dalton Schultz, but I'm just not sold on their defense. You know, Leighton Vanderesh isn't what we thought he would be. I mean, Michael Parsons is good, but that pass rush, Demarcus Lawrence, what what's going on with him? You lost Randy Gregory and Trayvon Diggs. I mean, you know, one play will get a pick six. The next play, he's burned on a 50-yard touchdown. It's just – I'm just not sold on that Cowboys team. It's just – like I said, this is a – I don't know. It, like, okay, you know what? I'm just – I'm not going to try to fancify. I'm just going to say this. Long story short, none of these teams are going to win the Super Bowl. None of these teams are going to make a playoff run. And thank goodness this league is ranked, at least in the top four, by division winners. Because if that's the case, I don't even like you would probably get one team making the wild card if it wasn't. All right. So when I was when we were when we were previewing the AFC South a few weeks ago, we talked about that division, and I said that that is it's basically going to be a two horse race on who wins that division. I see it the same way with the NFC East. So the Eagles they improved tremendously everywhere on the field. And it's just a matter of whether or not of whether or not Jalen Hurts can play. And honestly, even if he's just okay, like just serviceable, you can still make a case that they that he can win that division for him. And on the Cowboys side, if they just if they just retained the roster that they had and maybe added a little bit at the draft, then I would say that that team could actually potentially be, dare I say, Super Bowl caliber. You <laughs> and um. And looking at the other two, look, looking at the other two teams, the Redskins. Excuse me. The, the, the oh, chill out there. Twenty-two, man. The Commanders, muscle memory. The Commanders, the Giants. The, look, the the Giants. I I don't mind their the rest of their roster. Their team is all right, and I think their wide receiving core, if they can just stay healthy, it can be pretty good. Kadarius Tony, I really like. Darius Slayton, Slayton I really like. Um, and Kenny Galladay, if he can get healthy again, I really like him as well. I liked him during his lions days. I just don't trust Daniel Jones anymore. And as long as they don't, as long as until they find a quarterback who can replace him, who is, who is, you know, sir, at least at the very least serviceable, they're not going anywhere. They're not sniffing the playoffs, but if they get that guy, eventually I could see them being, being a team to beat, um, looking at the commanders. Look, that's a team that has some talent on their roster. Only problem is they settled on Carson Wentz. It, like, you got so desperate. Like, you don't want to show your desperation when you're looking to trade for a player. You want to show that when you you want to show those those guys who are selling that you can you can settle on other options. If you show your desperation, the asking price is just gonna go through the roof. So when you went to Houston, which I, you probably did, when you went to Green Bay, which you probably did, and we already know they went to they went to Seattle, they probably just they probably said, "Look, we need a quarterback really bad." That's not what you do. That's just <sighs> if they got Russell Wilson, I could see that team as a team that could really actually contend in this in uh, in this conference, but they can't because now they have Carson Wentz and. As as Chris mentioned before, you could make a case that Taylor Heineke can rep, can put up the same, if not better, production. So really, I see this as a two as a two horse race. The Cowboys lost a little bit too much, and they didn't gain anything. 
And the, be- the best thing that could happen with them is that they stay the same as they were last year. And that's not enough. So Eagles, I really like them. I think if Jalen Hurts can, if Jalen Hurts can play, and if it turns out he can really play, then that team could be a Super Bowl contender. I'm just not, I'm not sold on it. I have to see it. But uh, there, there's my, uh, there's my prediction for uh, the NFC East. I think the only way that Washington really makes a good run is if, especially if they're going to have Carson Wentz as their QB one, is if he can make better decisions. We've seen too many times especially last season where he just made some really boneheaded plays that ended up losing them the game. And I mean, credit to him. He made, I forget which game it was last season or who they were playing last season. He threw a pick six from his own goal line when he had two guys swarmed over him and then ended up leading a drive back down the field to put him in a position to win the game or tie the game. I forget what the situation exactly was. But he ended up putting them back in a situation where they could make something out of nothing. But it really just comes down to if he can actually make good decisions and better decisions to make uh, Washington into a winning football team. And with Taylor Heineke, we've sh- he's shown that he can lead this team to the playoffs. They almost knocked the Bucks out of the playoffs during the Bucks Super Bowl run. Like that was that was pretty incredible, to say the least. And I thought Heineke was going to be that guy again last year. And then obviously they didn't really do a whole lot, but he has potential. And the thing with Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz has shown that he can be that guy. He's definitely still got the agility, still got a good amount of, um, what's the word for it? No, screw that. Um, you saw how he played with, the Eagles. He played at an MVP caliber. He had an MVP caliber season before tearing his ACL. I remember watching that game and I was like, damn, that's that's the end of the Eagles right there up until Nick Foles took over, obviously. But I mean, we Carson Wentz. That is Patriots fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I Nick mean, Carson Foles. Wentz. Yeah. Nick Foles. Yeah, Carson Wentz. <laughs> Carson Wentz can definitely play at that caliber. It's. I think it's also a confidence thing, especially when they got Jalen Hurts that last year that he was in Philly and Carson Wentz just kind of played out of his ass. Yeah. So I think in my opinion, it just ends up being a confidence thing. And if he can make the right decisions, if he's going to be quarterback one for Washington. Yeah. It, it is kind. It is kind of a confidence thing with him, and it, I was. I really was. I, I was like, yeah. I was kind of like, really. That sucks for Carson Wentz, and I thought he was going to remain elite once he came back, but it appears that he's just kind of a head case. And I do feel bad for Carson Wentz because I feel like he played. There's a chance that he played better than he's capable of in tw- in that one year, and it made us all our standards for Carson Wentz went up. Even though the years the years since then he's still been fine. He's been a solid quarterback. But the problem is that everybody's standards for him are so high and he can't meet that. And that's what I kind of feel bad. And especially with the way the Colts have been talking about him since he, since he was traded away, it's like he did play okay. And I think a big reason for that one and four start was once was first of all, 
Um, that Colts team was not 100% healthy to start the year. And second of all, he's being thrown into a new offense. And after that, they did go on an 8-2 and two run and very nearly made the playoffs. I remember people were looking at this team. They said, they could, this Colts team could make a run. They've been pretty solid. And then, they, then it didn't work out. And the narrative returned. It's Carson Wentz can't play. And they need to find a new answer at quarterback, which it's true. But he's been he he's still been all right. That's just it's I I do I really do feel for Carson Wentz in that regard. Adam, let, let me tell you something. A lot of people will, will tell you that Carson Wentz that's his potential. Uh, you know that that one his MVP caliber season before he got hurt. I frankly disagree. And hear me out. I I mean he could perhaps do that, but. Let's just accept the awful truth. He That season, he played up to the competition. He was playing over his head. And now, if you look at him, it's like people will tell you, oh, but the potential. Carson Wentz is the NFL equivalent of a mid-level marketing scheme because they will just dangle the potential in front of you. Hey, it could work, but alas, I do not think it will. Because, you know, yeah, you got Terry McLaurin on the offense. You just extended him. That's great. And like who who else really? Uh, Curtis Samuel, I guess you know they had that one tight end whose name I forget. You lost Brandon Scherf on the O line defense. You have some big names coming back from injury, but it's just in this league we all know it's a quarterback driven league, and I just I don't think Carson Wentz is it. He just I and I am fully prepared to say that that one year with the that one really good year with the Eagles. Plain and simple was an anomaly, and I don't think he'll ever be that again. And like I said, we, you know, a lot of people diminish this, but I think it's interesting. The the turf of FedEx Field is awful. And when you have something that literally yeah. will like eat your knees, it's basically if uh, that Lions head coach was a football field. But what about Carson Wentz's Car- what about Carson Wentz's roster in, in 2017? Did either? That was, did really, either, that, was did, that was a good roster. Are you kidding me? But you had like you did had either like of them go for over eight hundred yards? What? I'm did pretty, either of them go for over eight hundred yards? Pretty Cram. sure. Yeah, they had Alshon Jeffrey, man. Alshon, like, Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey at one point was a really good receiver. Let's do Alshon that. Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, like the only good year of like Nelson Aguilar's career, like Garrett Blunt and. Like, like a still elite Garrett Blunt and Jay Ajayi coming out of the backfield, it went, along with a top five offensive line and a scary defense. Like, yeah, that roster was insane. You have to admit that roster was insane. Dallas Goddard too. Wait, what was that? Was he there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Goddard was there. I'm thinking of Ertz. I'm thinking of Ertz. Yeah, like yeah, Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. So in 2017, Alshon Jeffrey, 788, 789 yards. Yeah, I in mean that's all well and good, but he was hurt. Nelson Aguilar, 768 yards. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it now. Oh yeah. Hmm. So I mean, you can it, still say that's just about 800, though. I mean, if you want to round it up. Yeah, it's there's still good stats. I'm just saying, like, like looking at looking at what they ha- what he's worked with since then. He worked with, you know, the Colts, uh, Colts, wide, Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hilton when he wasn't as old. 
Oh please, and, Adam! You are literally at, always telling then us. Then looking at then looking so at Terry wonderful. McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. I'm not saying like obviously that's 2017 was better, but it's not that much better. So that his stats are going to be night and day, right? I mean, you could say the same thing about Brady. Did Edelman ever reach over a thousand mm-hmm. yards? Yes, he did, like three times. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also but please keep. Yeah, you right, proved me wrong there. That's also that's also Brady to that's also Brady yeah, well, to Tom Carson Brady. Wentz. I mean, he's the like, that's, and, and his the way he's he kind of works is his favorite receiver is the open receiver. So he'll have a bunch yeah. of receivers who have like like six hundred to seven hundred yards. And he also had he's also had Gronk, which also which does oh. help. And Adam, yeah. I want you to realize this that in the twenty seventeen season, Carson Wentz. Like I said, you know, he only played like what twelve game when thirteen no thirteen games, and he only had about like three thousand two hundred yards. So 13. there's a very real chance he doesn't even reach four thousand. Yeah, he's only thrown for over four thousand yards, which he had four thousand thirty nine once, once. So it's like where where's the potential? You can't even just say yeah he's had no weapons because. He's had weapons, and like, look at his passing numbers. I know it. He, it wasn't. The other thing is, the other thing is, a lot of quarterbacks, their best years sometimes they don't even reach four K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, it it was it, look the MVP candidates that year. It wasn't it wasn't the best MVP class if if we're gonna mm-hmm. for a lack of a better term, and Tom Tom Brady wound up winning winning it that year when you could make a case that Tom Brady's had a lot better years than 2017, even though, look. Um, no Brady was Brady's a dog in 2017, Oh, he was great in 2017. I'm just saying, he. I think he's had better years. 2011, he had a lot of, he had some, he had, he had a great year. 2012, those were low-key better years. But I don't know. It's, um... It's still that's still a great year for Carson Wentz. I know, like a lot of people, really overrate it now because looking back, they're saying, "Wow, Carson Wentz was so great back then," oh. you know. And now look what at where he was. They weren't that good of stats. They were still great stats, and he was he was deserving of being an MVP candidate. But I don't know, man. And he probably would have won MVP if Tom Brady didn't get hurt. His stats were that season were overinflated by his touchdowns. He had like 33 touchdowns and seven picks, but he was basically doing dinks and dunks and letting his receivers just knife up field. It still counts, though, doesn't Whereas it? Carson yeah, Wentz, does, Carson Wentz was going to win if he didn't tear his ACL. And I don't wins. know why. Like even at that time, Brady still had better stats from a t- statistical standpoint. At that time, it was still Brady. Let me look at Carson. I'm looking up Carson Wentz's stats, so just keep, just keep talking. 2017. Um, I just want to look at his right. rushing stats as well, though. Oh, yeah, you mean the very thing that got him hurt. Well, that's what happens with ever, with a lot of running quarterbacks. And yeah, that's why um, I don't like them. I, I agree. I don't either. But they still can play. It's, mm. just not my, uh, it's just not my preferred rushing and receiving. All right, so 2017, 299 yards, no touchdowns. Wait a mm. second. Wait, whoa, 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 wait a second. Well, do I have something confused? Because I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Carson Wentz got hurt diving for a touchdown and he got it, yeah. didn't he? I was, I thought it was no, I back. think he fumbled it at the one. 
Yeah, something like that. I, like I said, I was reasonably I sure watching that it game. was ruled a touchdown because it was against the Rams. Um, I, I now don't quote me on this, but I thought it was like called back. Yeah, I got called back. I remember watching that game, and it was either his knee was down or he fumbled it. And then I remember the Rams ended up winning that game too. Mm-hmm. And I think Wentz ended up finishing that play. Might have finished the entire game, I think. I don't quote me on that because that was also what five years, four and a half years ago. A long but, time ago. Yeah, it feels like a long time ago. But I think he ended up finishing that drive, which ended up being like one or two more plays. But I think the Rams ended up winning that game. I'm pretty sure. I thought they. I thought the Rams lost that game, didn't they? I don't remember anymore. Yeah, and I, 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 from my understanding, it was the game was already over. And then it was a, I thought it was a foolish play by, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at the, the season right now. So at Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. So they did win. What was the score? And it was, I'm looking for the score right now. So the Rams must've made like a comeback. They won 43 to 35. So maybe it was the Rams. So maybe it was the Rams were making a comeback. Yeah. And I mean, it would change the feel of the game, especially the momentum of the game. If your starting quarterback gets hurt and then Nick Foles has to jump in, even though we we were yet to figure out what was going to happen with Nick Foles, what was yet to come, what many Patriots fans have nightmares about. Exactly. That's the thing about Nick Foles. Nick Foles, I knew he was a dog. I knew he needed to stay with the Eagles ever since he left the Eagles after that 2013 mm-hmm. season. He played like dog with KC or whoever yeah. else he played for. KC I and knew the Rams. That. Yeah, KC and the Rams. And I knew he just had to go back to the Eagles. That's all he really needed to do. And he ended up having two more good seasons with the Eagles. Yeah, and it's so weird, too. Like, the thing is with Nick Foles, he's got, like, that whole backup syndrome where you don't see him for a while, and then they come and take the league by storm. And then, then, you know, once they start starting regularly – they fall apart because you get film on them. No one really had any substantial film on Nick Foles. I mean, we've seen it happen before. Ryan Fitzpatrick. We all know the cycle. He starts, becomes good, gets paid, falls apart. Happened to uh, what's his name on the Packers? Flynn, Matt Flynn. Mm, yeah, that happened to that's like, the biggest like, case of it right there. Yeah, look, I mean, look, and this is no disrespect on Nick Foles. Played a hell of a game, but you have to admit, and it's not just him; it's with all these backups. They come in, they overperform, and then they fall apart once you get film on them. All right. We are getting a little bit off topic. I just want to go uh, levitate right back to the NFC East real quick before we move on to Chris's guest segment. And so the NFC East, go around the table. Who wins this division? Just quick answer. Maybe a, a brief, brief explanation, but who wins the example? Chris, go. Cowboys. Uh there's not much of an expl- explanation needed. I think we already talked about it before it, with the Eagles. It depends on if Jalen Hurts can perform. They have the weapons. just depends on if the quarterback play can be substantial. And I think Jalen Hurts can. I think Jalen Hurts can. It just depends on his throwing ability. And he definitely has the rushing ability to be that uh, two-way quarterback and whatnot. But all in all, it's going to be the Cowboys. Nice. All right, CJ, go. This is hard, but I'm leaning toward Philly. I really am. 
Now, like 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 Chris alluded to, it all comes down on Hurts. I don't I don't think he's going to be a world beater. But if AJ Brown and Miles Sanders come back healthy, and with uh, that rookie they drafted last season, uh, skinny guy there, I'm sorry, I'm totally blanking on his name. Oh, Devontae Smith. But when you look at that, that's like all you need to know. And their defense is a lot better too. You know, they just grab James Bradbury. He and Darius Slay are going to be scary, and you have Jordan Davis in the middle. But long yeah, story Hassan, short, right? I think Philly just ed- edges. Yeah, it's, like long story short, Philly just edges out Dallas. And also, I don't like Mike McCarthy as a head coach for Dallas. He's going to hinder more than he helps. All right. So my so my team is the Eagles. Look. Look, Jalen Hurts was able to play fairly well with the roster that they had last year. Now they improved. You add you add you add AJ Brown to this roster and a good and a, an offensive line that continues to improve, and then you you put in the the fact that this defense is going to help as well. So I I really like the Eagles this year, even if it turns out Jason uh, Jalen Hurts is only okay. I still have I have the I have the Eagles because that team is bound to improve no matter what. So, um, yeah. So that there you have it. There is our preview of the NFC East going into the 2022 NFL season. Watch our watch us all just be wrong and <laughs> Carson Wentz plays out of his freaking mind and he proves everybody wrong. You guys remember that? I'm not sure if you guys saw the the Instagram post or it might have been Twitter by Carson Wentz where he, where it it was after everything that Frank Reich was saying that Chris Ballard was saying on the Colts and he posted on Instagram. He's just, it's him riding a tractor and he's the caption taking the high road. (laughs) I did not see it, but that is, no, I didn't see that either. You'll have to check it out, but it was really funny, but all right. Uh, So Chris's guest segments up next, we're going to talk about the Browns. And any what other options they have at quarterback if Mr. Watson is not able to play this season? We'll get to that next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, special guest Chris Kostich. So we have reached our guest segment, and Chris is going to talk about um, the situation with the Browns at quarterback, which is turning into potentially a catastrophe. So, Chris, what do you got? Well, obviously we know Watson's situation. He's at however many sexual assault charges now are cases that are against him. He's in court right now and they're looking at suspending him for an entire year and seeing that Baker Mayfield pretty much doesn't want anything to do with the Browns. And he has pretty much said that he's not going to come back unless the Browns organization 
it just pleads and begs him and gets on their freaking knees to have him back, it kind of leaves a situation where the Browns are going to have to look elsewhere for a quarterback. And I kind of did a little research on who is really available to try to get at and available quarterbacks looking at it. It's not really great. I mean, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick who just retired Cam Newton. No one wants freaking Cam Newton and the rest are just absolute garbage. And looking at quarterbacks that are kind of towards the end of their contract, that could be a potential. I mean, you got Marcus Mariota just signed with Atlanta or just went to Atlanta. Mitchell Trubisky's about to be battling for QB one spot in Pittsburgh. Tyrod Taylor's in, uh, with the Giants now. Teddy Bridgewater's in Miami. Nick Foles now with the Colts. Uh, Brissett, though, Brissett just got signed to the Browns. So that's a potential option for them. I think he could definitely be a guy that they could have as a starting QB. He proved that he could be a starter in Indy, won a couple games with the Pats. I mean, that's kind of up in the air. You never know. Um, another one I was thinking of, <clears throat> another one I was thinking of was that they could get Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy Bridgewater, mm, he's not great. But he could definitely be someone that he could lean to in a couple cases. Um, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? So looking at this Browns team, it, it's gonna it's gonna be complicated if they really have to, if he's going to be suspended for a year, or if they just decide straight up to void his contract. Because you can't just look to just build for the future. This team's built to win now. They've been they've been investing in this team so that they can win in 2022 and beyond in 2023 perhaps as well. So looking at this team, like it's going to be hard because if they decide to void his contract, you need to find another quarterback who can help you win win games. Because like if you're just going to look to the look to the future, a lot of these players their contracts are going to run out. They're going to want to be traded. They're going to be like screw this. I'm not gonna. I'm not playing with Jacoby Brissett. Screw that. And Baker Mayfield is saying screw you as well for obvious reasons that you can that you can understand. But this, I, I'm not sure about options. Um, we were talking about Taylor Heineke earlier on, and they the the Washington Red the Jesus Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> it's a force of habit. I, I swear the Commanders. They went out. They they do. They got Carson Wentz, so Taylor Heineke potentially being an option, or what they could do is trade up with whatever assets they have left to go into this draft, which is supposed to be a, a pretty solid quarterback draft. But the options aren't looking great, and if like you might be you might be forcing your own hand here into keeping. Deshaun Watson looking at this year as just kind of like a bridge year and then and then just trying to win in 2023 with Deshaun Watson because it's looking more and more likely that he's going to be missing time and if it's a year then you might have to keep him I mean there's not many other options as you mentioned the cupboard is really bare at quarterback it's very hard to just trade for a quarterback and not have to give up significant assets that you already gave up to get the guy that you already have so that's just my two cents. Yeah, Adam, uh, you you kind of took the words right out of my mouth there. Now, uh, I'm kind of of a different mind a little bit. Now, well, Deshaun 
Roethlisberger is doing his time, I would <laughs> I, I would uh, say, why not Jacoby Brissett? Personally, I like him. You know, I think he could totally win you at least six games. He could fill up an NFL roster with the amount of allegations he has. Oh, absolutely. Or had. <laughs> mm-hmm. And those are just I'd probably the ones we know about. I'd be surprised if even like still has a job like after yeah. all this. And you know what's ridiculous. interesting? On a side note, there is a very significant minority in the NFL that are pushing for an indefinite suspension. So uh yeah, if that happens, well, the Browns are really up the creek without a paddle, to put it nicely. And but but yeah, like Adam said, the cupboard's bare. Bridgewater's probably not gonna want to leave Miami. You can't really get Mariota unless maybe now, now, Ron was gonna say maybe you could get Geno Smith from Seattle. Like, you, there's really not a lot you can do. No one wants Geno Smith, though. He's Exa- yeah, exactly. Up, uh, I, I don't know. Like, my knowledge of the backups isn't isn't really ironclad. But hey, maybe you like could you like send a seventh router, a seventh rounder for Nathan Peterman. I think he would help. It's not like you need knowledge about the about yeah. the backups. But yeah, Adam, like you, you pretty much put it very well. He, like, there's just not a lot of options. And honestly, just go with the in-house option. Just say, just start prepping Jacoby Meyer. Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. (laughs) Yes, thanks, Adam. Uh, Yeah, I would just say start prepping Jacoby Brissett now because that's what you need. You make a do for this year, and then you come back next year. This year's kind of like that one year with the Pats and Cam Newton. It's, It's a throwaway. Just call it a throwaway. Maybe Jacoby does well, maybe he doesn't, but just as far as I'm concerned, you you just got to move on to next year. Bite the bullet and go with Myers. Right. If it's not indefinite, and there, it's a, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Chris. If it's not in, if it's not indefinite, and there's a there's a defined amount of time, you stick with Car- you stick with Deshaun Watson. You you got to stick with him, and then bite the bullet for for the time being because you just have too much. You just have too much going, but. Uh, Chris, what are you? What were you gonna say? Oh no, I was just correcting uh, CJ because he said Myers again. Oh wait, I did. But um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know. Nah. <laughs> I'm a Pats fan. We mix up our Jacobies. It's okay. We get it. We Jacoby get it. Percent. But here's the other thing: is that the Browns really shot themselves in the foot, though. Because here's the thing: mm-hmm. like Baker Mayfield, he's a dog, and I will be a Baker Mayfield supporter till mm-hmm. till the end. And here's the thing: last year he got so much hate. For having a bum shoulder, I'll be like, right you back. Want, you guys keep talking. What What do you want? What do you want Baker Mayfield to do about that? Well, like, I don't. He's, oh, he's playing on a I bum know. shoulder. He's doing what he can, and like, hey man, yeah, he you did. don't got. You don't got to sell me on that. I am right there with you. And the fact that he had the fortitude to play through what I believe was a torn rotator cuff says a lot about his character. How he really wants to be the guy, and he's invested in this team. And but. And it's just like, and and you literally just said, I'm just going to get Deshaun Watson. And honestly, I truly believe that his bad play wasn't really his fault entirely. And when you look at Deshaun Watson and all the allegations that you knew about when you were bringing him in, in a way that's kind of like selling your soul. Yeah, You're like, I will take somebody who is more talented, but a really questionable character you know, just to win. And and, it, and it's biting them. It's karma, if you, if you believe in that. Exactly. But I just, I want Baker Mayfield to succeed. I, I really do. And and they're already, and rumors are mounted. They're going to ship him off to Seattle, 
in which case I think that would be a really great addition because you would have Baker playing with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and their emerging running back, Rashad Penny. Yeah, and that pretty much hit the head on the nail with that. That would be a really good spot for Baker Mayfield to go to. you got a lot of young guys like Baker. Baker's Mm -hmm. about to be in his fifth year in the league, and he's led the Browns to the playoffs before, led them to the – what was that, the AFC? Yeah, the – AFC divisional round. I think. Yeah, he led them to the AFC divisional round and almost beat the Chiefs. I mean, granted, yeah. Mahomes wasn't playing for half of that game. Well, yeah, but, but, but you had a who, who was their backup? Was it? Henny? I think Case Keenum was the backup. No, it was Chad Henney. Chad, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That Chad Henney magic there that beat him. But you know, I mean, that's just like an awful roll of the dice. I thought they were going to be back, but now Baker's shoulder decided to quit on him. But yeah, I, I just think they should trade Baker. You know, that that would be a, a really welcome change of scenery. Look, yeah. here's another option if this if the Browns are really desperate and they need sort of a bridge to whenever whenever Deshaun Watson is back, is that what they could do is they could look at they could go and talk to Baker Mayfield and they can say, Look, you want to get traded. We need somebody to play quarterback in the meantime. How and we have a great roster for you. And it's it's a quarterback. It's a it's a roster that's even better than when he led them to the playoffs. So we say, look, you can you can take the reins for this team for a year, and you take over and you up your value because you're just your stats are just going to be that much better. You're going to find a new home. We're going to get we're going to have have that time filler for when Deshaun Watson comes back and everybody wins. I think I believe I said that when we had Jack on the show and he talked about. Um, what they're gonna do? What what they're gonna do with Baker Mayfield at quarterback? But you know that's that. This is you're desperate, so you're gonna have to try to work something out with with uh, with Baker Mayfield. But that's just you know basic my basic take on Baker. You might need to keep him for a little bit. That's just if you they should have just kept him. You think he's even gonna want to stay? No, he doesn't. I don't think hmm. he does. But he does. If he pretty much came out and said that the only way he's going to come back is if they get on their knees and beg him to stay, which honestly is probably their their it is their best option to go with. Right. Considering they shot themselves in the foot getting to mm-hmm. Sean Watson, and the fact of the matter being is that they really should have just stuck with their guy, considering that they almost just dis- turned him into Andrew Luck and destroyed his friggin' shoulder that last year because they decide, oh, we're just going to play Baker Mayfield, even though he has a torn rotator cuff and not let him heal. I mean, they mm-hmm. wanted to push for the playoffs, didn't make the playoffs, and look what look what they got. Right. So, that, so that's kind of what I'm looking at here is that it's, you know, they're going – is so Baker wants to be traded, but with, the, with his recent play, he doesn't have much of a market. So – and – the Browns really do need him and to, to get on their knees and beg. And they may, and this could be a mutual, mutually beneficial thing for both of them. You build up, you know, Baker, you build up trade value and the, the Browns have a quarterback for a year for when Deshaun Watson comes back, because this roster is probably the best roster that the Browns have had in years. Like all they need is Deshaun Watson to come back granted. And they're a Super Bowl contender. And, with Baker Mayfield, if Baker Mayfield were to take over this team, they, he would have he would have a career year, and and teams who need a quarterback, which it will happen. You already have the Panthers, and there's going to be other teams that come out. They're going to say, "Look, 
I like Baker Mayfield. I think this kid can play. If he was were to be added on on our team, then we could do something with it. And you could and the Browns could also get significant draft capital for it. So that's something I would try to do. I'm not saying whether or not it's likely, but that's that might be a good thing for both sides. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, if Baker wants to play there, and, and if they and if they beg him, then yes. But I really don't see that happening. But if it does, you'd be right on. If it does, and anywhere that Baker ends up playing, it ends up being a prove it year too. I mean, like it it sucks that it and it would end up having to be a prove it year because I feel like it shouldn't be a prove it year. It really shouldn't be because we know Baker Mayfield's good, and last year his play was because of his shoulder. And that's the only reason why it's going to turn into a prove a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it does. So before we end the show here tonight, I wanted to bring up one last thing. So we we had to record our last episode before our fan box disappeared on Instagram. And we did get one more response that we weren't able to mention on the show. So it was Nick Norman who brought up as a – so it was, the, the fan box was most underrated – tight ends so who is the most underrated tight end in the league so he is a he is a Steelers fan and he did mention Pat Fryermuth. there's an underrated name yeah I mean he totally just stole that starting job from Eric Ebron Ebron had that job it seemed locked tight especially after the year that he had and then Fryermuth, this rookie just comes in and just takes it like candy from a baby in preseason yeah 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 that's that's accurate yeah it couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, if you want another prime example, I literally dropped Eric Ebron on one of my fantasy teams to pick up Fryermuth. Mm-hmm. I made yeah, I made the mistake of drafting him because I thought there's no way he loses Eric Ebron loses the starting tight end job. And then our buddy, uh our buddy Justin, Tuck, by the way, he uh yeah, he after draft night, I saw he drafted this Steelers, this Steelers tight end. He's a rookie. And I'm like, why'd you draft him when you have Eric Ebron? He goes, no, no. Fryermuth won the the starting job in preseason. I said, wait, what? Because he was – and I'm one who usually only drafts one tight end. I don't see much value in the tight end position when it comes to fantasy football. And I just take one who's, like, underrated, and I take him, like, towards the end of the draft. So I took Ebron. And it turns out that guy's not even going to start. I think he got 84 yards total last season. Because Fryermuth just came over and just said, "This is mine now. This is mine now, bitch." And I'm like, "Oh, god damn it, god!" Yeah. But I'll be looking to draft him in, during next fantasy draft. I mean, um, if we want to, if we want to talk about more underrated tight ends, I think another tight end that we could think of that's going to be up and coming is Noah Fant. Fant, the, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah someone I'm, said that last episode, I believe. Yeah. yeah, I forget. I forget who it was. I'll be dra- I'll be posting the fan box tonight on Instagram, but um, there, somebody did say Fant, and now that he's a Seahawk, he's becoming forgotten. And he was always that tight end who everybody thought he's gonna blow up one one of these years. He's gonna blow up in Denver. Now he's traded to the Seahawks and he's forgotten. Now we but, can yeah. blow up in Seattle. Exactly. Yeah. I think or, he will. Or he'll be one of those tight ends where we're lo- he's it's the same thing except now he's in now he's in Seattle. Oh, he mm-hmm. can blow up every, any year, and it's just in Seattle. But he I does he have the blow fill- up. I think he can blow up with Drew Locke, or if Baker Mayfield does end up getting traded over there, he can blow up with him too. I mean, mm-hmm. it just depends on if they can revolve the offense or get the offense enough of involved 
enough involvement with him because that was a big thing with Gronk when Brady and him were in Tampa that first year and Tampa wasn't doing good. And they were like, oh, Gronk needs to get involved more in the offense. And they and everyone recognized that. And then once they got Gronk more involved, that's when they started doing better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and he does have that familiarity at quarterback with Drew. So it, it's interesting. So it's a change in scenery, but you still have the familiarity at quarterback with Drew Locke, who did like throwing him the ball when he was when he was playing at his best. So both both the quarterback and the tight end get the change in scenery, and you're and you're you have the familiarity. You you guys are still throwing together, so that's that's going to be good for Noah Fant. And if he wants to if he wants to blow up next year, then that's going to be that's going to be how he does it. Uh, but do we have any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? Yeah, I'm awesome. Good. All right, and it was uh, it was Nick Normand who uh, who gave that response. So shout out to Nick, and we'd love to get you back on the show as well. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7.30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.